Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. And on Saturdays, if you happen to be up at 11.30 p.m., you can join us on 99.5 FM or KKLA.com. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. I want to thank you for joining the online service of Cornerstone of Grace. And if you're looking for a church home, growth, ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We're in the book of Genesis. We're touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particular, the universe, earth, man, spirit. We're touching the creation and principle, person who is the cause of all things and the designing mind behind everything. With that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning giving us an opportunity to seek you while we can. You've given us a reasonable portion of health. Lord God, and we want to use that. We want to use what you've given us uh, for your service, for your purpose. Lord God, use us for your purpose, Lord. Lord Jesus, wherever we are and there's a need, use us for your purpose. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord God, for, uh, for your ability, for your reasoning, your understanding. We thank you, Lord God. We pray and ask that you give us wisdom, knowledge. Lord God, help us, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we be the people that you're calling for in these last legal days. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord God, for uh, your kindness. Lord Jesus, and we pray and ask that you remember those that are sick in their body. Lord God, those that are that will be listening, that Lord Jesus are confined for whatever reason. You know and you understand. Lord God, you're the great healer, emotionally, mentally, and physically. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we ask that you remember the bereaved family, Lord God, and Lord Jesus, that you would continue to comfort those that are feeling the, the, the hurt, feeling the pain of losing, Lord God, the loved ones that have transitioned from time into eternity. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless, Lord Jesus, and comfort, Lord, as only you know how to do. Lord Jesus, we'll continue to give you praise. We'll continue to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank God for um, what he is doing. It's been uh, quite some days. Um, 
one of the pillars of the church was uh, home going service today was today. Uh, Mother Helen Jean Wilson, uh, someone that we have all known, my kids, uh, well, they're not kids now, but you know, we refer to our children. And they all remember and had something to say about this woman of God that they've known since they were um, children, young children, and now they're up in age. And now they're handling business and they still look back and say, wow, Mother Wilson, I remember. And they talk about those things that they remember. Someone's going to remember you. The question is, what will they remember? What is God remembering? Oh, yes. Yes, there is. Uh, God deals with our his remembrance too. And, and so it's it's important. It, it's important to know that. It's important to understand that. It's important to recognize that is very important, very important. The Bible tells us in Malachi, 3 and 16, it said, they that feared the Lord often one uh, spake often one to another and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord. And, and, this, this is very important here, and that thought upon his name. So there is a book of remembrance that has been written. Everyone is not written in the book. It said, those that fear the Lord. Now, you might be afraid of the Lord. And you might reference him, but do you live for him? Excuse me. If you heard, heard a slight silence there, it's because uh, there was a ring that came through the line, which has been silenced. But listen, this book is very specific. I, I really want you to get this. I'm going to read the scripture again. It's Malachi 3 and 16. It says, then they that feared the Lord often spank often one to another. So it's talking about people that that in our circle and our communication, we talk about the Lord to one another. And we don't mind talking about him to one another. There are those that say, well, you know, I had enough of that. You know, you, you talking about Jesus a little bit too much, brother. You, you know, no, I'm really not talking about him en enough for all that he has done. Matter of fact, he's done and he is doing even in this moment. That's why you're able to hear what I'm saying, that's God. You, you're, there's breath. Your lungs are inflating and deflating. That's God. You know, and, and we can go on and continue to list. You know, the heart is beating. The blood is running warm through your veins. That's God. You know, that's his grace. And so uh, we don't mind talking about the Lord. And so the Bible said that he listened, he hearkened, and he heard it. 
and a book of remembrance was written before him. So in God's presence, there is a book. And that book contains the name of those that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. So if you just happen to be on the bus and you hear uh, somebody sitting there and they, they just be praising, they're, maybe they're singing a gospel song or, you know, or maybe they're sitting there praying or maybe you hear them blurt out, Jesus, mighty, you're a good God. You know, you may hear them give some type of praise or adoration, worship unto the Lord. They're thinking upon his name. They're thinking upon him and how great he is. And in their name, there's a special place that's written. We're in the book of Genesis, the 13th chapter. Uh, we're plowing through this book and, and, and not only plowing through it, but we're also stepping back and making references of those things that we have already read. I've come to a great understanding as many others that have been listening to see that there are some things that from Genesis beginning at the first chapter through to where we are now that may have been overlooked or maybe it wasn't time for us to see those things. Maybe as we read from Genesis and, you know, we got what we need at that time, but we're in a different day and God is uh, pulling back the curtain and revealing some other things to us. An example of that is uh, the Bible said that uh, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Uh, Enoch walked with God for over two, nearly uh, about 300 years of uh, fellowship with the Lord. And God revealed something to him that we see over in the book of Jude. So uh, that's something that may have been when we, you wouldn't have seen it instantly. But here we are today and it is revealed that Enoch saw something that and heard something that we did not until we uh, made it into the book of Jude and began to read about it as he was one that had a vision of fellowship with God and he had a vision of God. He had a vision. And, and so in that vision, uh, that he's seen, uh, there was something very specific. There was something very specific that Enoch saw. And not only did he see it, but he talked about it. The Bible tells us in the book of Jude, Jude, J-U-D-E, just before Revelation there, it said that Enoch also, the seventh, this is the 14th verse, Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things and behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. So Enoch received a message about the coming of God with the saints, 10,000. Uh, that was his number, not 10,000, but 10,000. So you have to multiply that there. And there are many people that have transition from time into eternity um, that that are going to be seen uh, on that day. So in the book of Genesis, uh, beginning at the 13th verse, 
excuse me, the 13th chapter, 12th verse, it says, and Abraham, or Abram, excuse me, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and dwelt, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said to Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look out from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give and to thy seed forever. And I will make, now, now note that, underline that, I'm going to give something to your seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then thy seed also be numbered. Now, listen to this promise that God is making uh, to Abraham. Man, you're going to blow up. You're going to blow up. So many people desire to blow up. And this man has promised that he is going to blow up. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the land, in the plains of Mamre which is in Hebron and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now, the thought, as, as you've seen, is that he promised it. God promised it. He promised it. The ending of the 11th chapter describes the condition of Abram and his wife, Sarah. Just like there are conditions that you may have. There's conditions that I exist in. All of us have something that we may be dealing with. And it doesn't have to be uh, something that we would consider physically wrong. It may not be mentally wrong. It may not be emotionally wrong. And it could be all of that. Sarah was barren. And she had no child. And that was an issue. Abram, we don't read about Abram making it a, a issue at all. Sarah and the culture that they lived in is that bearing children was a gift. It meant that she was blessed. Abram, his wife, Lot, and his wife, and call her woman because her name is not revealed. So Oh, Lot and his wife, okay, that something we do know about them is that they lived in the land of Ur uh, of the Chaldeans, and they went to the land of Canaan, to Haran, and they chilled there. They settled. Now, that's in the, the end of the 11th chapter. When we get to the 12th chapter of Genesis, it said, then God spake to, or spoke to Abram, 
Genesis 12 and 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from thy country, your people, and your father's house. So you're going to leave your country, you're going to leave the people that you hang, that you're with, and you're going to leave your dad's house and go to the land that I show you. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Now, Abram, as you recall or may have read previously or heard, was a idol worshiper. Now, none of these idols have ever spoken to him. In order for the idol to move, he had to pick it up and carry it. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe he had to wheel it around in a wheelbarrow. Maybe he's stuck it in his pocket, uh, you know, put it into a bag of some sort of case, but he had to carry it. It couldn't hear. And it never opened its mouth and said a word. Idols don't speak. Things that we carve out or purchase from the swap meet or wherever uh, trinket store that people venture into and buy things and it's bagged up, boxed up, shipped to them, Amazon to them, you know, however they get it. It has no actual ability to do anything. Now, something that you touch may be associated with a spirit. I want you to think about that. Everything you don't need to put your hands on. If you know that it's associated with a, a particular belief, it's associated with a particular spirit of some sort, do not touch it. Don't bother it. It's not yours to handle, and you should not. He was an idol worshiper, but now he hears the voice of God and it's very distinct. He understands it's not any of the idols that that his family and others was, was worshiping. And he, you, we don't read that he carried any of those things with him. He was told to leave that stuff. So he built an altar uh, unto the Lord. The word now represents the present moment or time. It represents something that is great, something not to be ignored. It represents something that in that instance, it's used to emphasize a particular length of time, such as they've been married for 10 years now. It can also present a pause in time. Now, let me see. And so you have to wait while they're looking. Now, you see what I mean. It's a defining moment. God promised it. He, he was very specific with his words. He said, unto thy seed will I give this land. Now, the conditions are that you are without child. 
There's, there's no, God was not, uh, you don't read that God emphasized that, that he reiterated that to him. He said that I'm going to give your seed this land, even though he was without child. But thy seed is going to get the land. Your children are going to inherit this area forever. Your wife, Abram's wife had not had a baby at all. And she was not pregnant. 65 years old, Abram 75 years, no child. But yet the Lord is saying that your seed will get the land. Genesis, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Now, after uh, a discussion that Abram and Lot had regarding their man and the herd, because there was a dispute over the watering, the grazing, you know, and the resources, um, Abram said, look, look, he told his nephew, we're not going to argue over this. We're not going there. We're not doing that. Look out. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the, the left. You know, I'm going to let you make first choice and I'll, I'll, I'll make do of whatever is left. And so they had this discussion. They separated. Lot went toward the land that looked really nice. He looked he, he went toward the land that looked very plenteous. Uh, it was good for grazing. He, he, hey, everything looked well. And, and so he, he settled near Sodom. Now, the Bible says, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now, wicked, wicked, wicked describes an extreme absence of righteousness. There are some people that lack righteousness mm -hmm. without a measure of righteousness. All of us are wicked. So we're not going to point the finger at nobody and say you wicked. You know, we're not going to point the finger at nobody and say you, you ain't, you know, kick nobody to the curb because of uh, because of substance abuse. I'm just being plain here. We're not going to kick nobody to the curb because they sold their body for money or whether they gave it up free. We ain't going to kick nobody to the curb because they like getting lit. We're not going to kick nobody to the curb because they are what you call uh, immorally correct. We're not going to kick nobody to the curb because they do not go to uh, your fellowship or because they don't believe what you believe. We're not going to kick nobody to the curb because they did what we did not do. And we thought what they did was so terrible. And I'm not saying it wasn't. But at the end of the day, if your righteousness do not exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll be in the same place as those that you thought was so wicked. 
to be even more transparent, Isaiah 64, 6, 7 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness is as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquity like the wind have driven us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth himself up, stirreth himself to hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hast consumed us because of our iniquity. Have you stirred yourself up to seek the Lord? It's important. Some people are waiting for someone to, uh, to, to lay their hands on them so that they will start seeking the Lord. Uh, unless someone is truly led by God to lay hands on you and pray for you, they shouldn't. Some have received the Holy Ghost through the laying on of hands, but that is of God. You need to stir yourself up and be on the altar, seeking God, calling out, crying out for the Holy Ghost. Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues as those that we read about even in the Bible. And it is for today. Yes, January 25th, 2023. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, you need to ask God, Lord, this man is talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost and I have not received it. Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. I need it. I need the spirit of the Lord. I don't need it just a touch from God. I need to be filled with indwelling with the dunamis power that he promised in the first chapter of Acts when he told them to go back to Jerusalem and wait for that of the promise which he has spoken to them about. You got to stir yourself up. You don't, don't wait for nobody else to do it. Is there anyone that is willing to shake themselves and stir up? their own heart to find the Lord. I, there was a brother who had been committed himself unto the Lord. He moved um, from Southern California to Northern California and, and the Lord was really dealing with him. Um, and he was walking down the street. And as he was walking down the street, he said that every step he took sounded like the steps were saying Jesus. By the time he reached a certain spot on the block, his hands went up and he just began to praise God and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. So God can deal with us anywhere at any time. You just have to stir yourself up, shake yourself, wake yourself up, separate yourself from things that and get your mind on Jesus. And we used to sing a song, get your mind on Jesus, we gonna have a time, you know, get your mind on the Lord. You don't have to wait for anyone to lay hands on you. Paul was talking to some very superstitious people, 17th chapter of Acts, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel for him. That's why, you know, we, we feel for the Lord. Lord, I'm feeling for you. I need to feel you. I want you to feel me too. And find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. See, we in him we live, move, and have our being. So we exist in a state of being 
where God is near. And he goes on to say, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We are the offspring of God. And we can take that back to the first chapter, about the third chapter, second chapter of, of Genesis. Let us make men, make him and male and female in, in our image. And, and so uh, this, the Sodomites were wicked and sinners, meaning they were continually committing offensive acts. There are some today that are continually commit offensive acts. It doesn't matter who they are, a politician, whatever. <laughs> Don't matter who they are. They could be wearing a uniform. It doesn't matter. You know, we're talking about the characteristic, the spirit of a person. They are committing uh, acts. There are some acts that you don't see because it's uh, within an individual. The Bible said it's not what, what goes in a person that defiles them, it's what comes out of them. You might think that something looked like tempting. Hey, I want now. Nothing is tempting to you unless you, you like it, okay? There's something about it that you find very appealing. And so, and the Bible said a, a man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own, it's within his own heart already. And it's in the, over in the book of James. And, and so the Sodomites were wicked and sinners, meaning that they were continually committing offensive acts. They thought very little about their actions. They justified what they wanted to do um, with their own cliches. It sound like today. People got cliches for what they want to do. They got slogans. We got uh, parades. Uh, we have celebrations, even uh, color scheme and idioms for um, for celebrating, justifying what is being done. Whether pimp, player, predator, uh, pharmacist, politician or president, just to name a few, they justify what they wanted to do with their cliches, slogans, parades, celebrations, color scheme, and other idioms. People are telling you what they want to do and what they, what they will and will not tolerate. The Pope uh, uh, made a statement uh, as I was uh, driving back in from the homegoing service of Mother Wilson today, and I was listening, uh, was caught in traffic there and listening to the radio, the Pope said homosexuality is not a crime. I agree with him. It is not a crime. It's not a crime. It's not a criminal offense. But whatever you do that offends God, it may not be a criminal offense that will put you in jail, you know, but you need to be careful that what you do don't put you in hell. There's a difference. Preachers that preach the word and don't live what they preach are going to hell. Evangelists that evangelize, travel, visit other churches, visit places, preach, prophets, we prophesied in our name and, and you know and and carried on and, and people that are 
very persuasive, influential, and, you know, have a form of godliness, but don't live a holy life as God has ordained are going to hell. The Bible says that some are going to tell them, some are going to say, Lord, we preach in your name. We, we prophesy in your name. We cast out devils in your name. So that is an illustration of power, but it was all done through the name of Jesus. That's the only name that's given unto heaven whereby men can be saved. It's the only name that is given uh, that for us to use in this uh, dispensation of grace. However, if you don't live the life according to the word of God, it says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so when Jesus made reference to, to those that have, have used his name for the purpose of those things uh, mentioned, uh, preaching, casting out devils, prophesying, and all of that, he, he said, I, I don't know, you, you wicked. He called them wicked. Well, see, wickedness covers a lot, and, and we just we just scratch the just the surface of that. The 14th verse says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, and eastward and westward. Now there comes a time for separation. Uh, my road dog, guy I used to hang with, run with. We got in trouble, did things. When I became serious and started looking at life and, 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 and realizing it's not what I wanted and what I did want, I, I had to separate from him. Didn't mean that I didn't care about him. Didn't mean that I didn't love him. It, it didn't mean that, that we weren't friends. It was time to separate. I was going in a different direction than what he was. It doesn't matter if it's male or female. You have to make a choice if you're going to live for God or if you're going to live for yourself. If you're going to save your life, you're going to lose your life. And that's the word of God. But if you lose your life for him, you will be saved. And so there comes a time for separation. There comes a time that we must separate ourselves. We separate ourselves from the uh, type of recreations that we may have had prior. There are some things that I, I that I consider my part of my recreation that I don't consider any longer. And so I don't go that way. I don't look that way. I don't even think about it. There comes a time of separation from what you will watch. And, you know, there may have been a number of, of shows that you watch, but today, because you know that the Lord is looking for uh, for those that worship him in the beauty of holiness, that you will separate yourself from those things that you watch because you don't want that influence in your spirit. You don't want to lay down at night and uh, dream about things that you know if the Lord came in that instance and called your name, would you be ashamed? When the Lord called Adam, Adam hid himself. And and his wife, the woman that was with him, his wife, they hid themselves. And the Lord asked him, he said, well, I hid because I was ashamed. Prior to them transgressing, they were not ashamed. 
There's nothing to be ashamed about when you're not doing anything wrong. There's always something to fear, and that is God. And when I say fear, I'm not talking about terrified. I'm talking about honoring him. We honor him by presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. That's, I believe that's Romans 12 and 1. There comes a time that we have to separate. We separate our ears from, from things. We separate our eyes from things. And we separate our physical fellowship. We separate from relationships that we know we should not be in. It doesn't matter how much you want to put L-O-V-E on it. If it's not right, it's not right. What's more important? Your righteousness in the eyes of God? Or satisfying that feeling for the moment? That's nothing more than self-gratification. Listen, change occurs. Friends move away, kids become independent, people transition from the time of, uh, from time to eternity. John 16 and seven says, nonetheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Now this is Jesus telling the disciples, I've gotta go, I've gotta go away. It's important that I go, this is important that I go. For if I don't go away, if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. So you won't receive, he's telling them that you're not going to receive the Holy Ghost if I don't go away. And he was speaking about his death. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So for those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, this is why we call upon the name of Jesus, because he is the one that sends the Holy Ghost. He sends the Holy Ghost because it is of his spirit. It is him. So you got to call. When you want pizza, you call Pizza Hut or Domino or Papa John's, whatever your preference is. You call. You know who to call. What's the saying? You need to call on the Lord and his name is Jesus. Now, only for a moment does the does this include spouses. So for those that, that are married, <laughs> Uh, you know, well, I'm going to separate from my spouse. No, God didn't call us to separate and put each other aside. We're supposed to live in harmony and life should be enhanced. Whether you are saved and your spouse isn't husband, wife, male and female is who I am referring to and talking to. Only for a moment does this include the spouse. Now, 1 Corinthians 7 and, and 5 says, defraud ye not one uh, the other, except it be for the consent, consent, consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Don't let this mess with you, but the word of God says, except it be with consent, agreement, permission, ladies and gentlemen, approval, ladies and gentlemen the relationship be such that uh, baby i'm gonna i, I want to fast on today today is wednesday i want to fast today I'm, I'm gonna go without eating any food uh, because there is a need and we need god to intervene 
And so I want to go without food. And, you know, a good a good way of doing that is saying, hey, baby, why don't you join in with me and let's fast together today? You know, we're not going to eat anything. We're not going to indulge anything. We're certainly not going to be rubbing all over each other. We're going to do this um, from from midnight to, to whatever time the next day, three o'clock, six o'clock. We are going to we're going to fast. We're going to. So that is a separation at that time separating for fasting and prayer. So uh, ladies, it, it's not, it's no time for you to jump him and gentlemen, it's no time for you to start biting all over. You're fasting. Then you come back together. Now, after the fast is ended, you, you done prayed and y'all have drunk some tea or some coffee, uh, you know, to because when you fast, you know, your stomach shrink and you start eating something, you, you could cramp up, you know, feel a little ill there. But if you drink something warm or hot, you know, after the fast, then that will help soothe the stomach. And, and so you come together. As Hebrews 13 and 4 says, and you can go back, married couples, read Hebrews 13 and 4. And you could be at each other uh, like fruity pebbles, uh, you know, uh, honey nut Cheerios, whatever. You pour milk everywhere at that time. Is your business. No one else needs to know your business. The 15th verse says, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. I'm going to bless you, Abram. Then I'm going to bless the children that you don't have right now. I, 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 I want to just really, I'm just saying I'm rejoicing and just really enjoying what God is saying here. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless the children that's not in your presence that you don't have in this moment. But they're on the way. They're on the way. God can see them. And there's a lot of them. He said they're going to be numbered as the, the dust of the earth. That is being fulfilled even in this hour. Somebody's committing themselves unto the Lord. Someone is, has. Someone even have, have been here in time and transitioned out of time and they were committed unto the Lord. They are part of that number. They're of the faith family. Abraham was the, the father of faith. And so they are of the faith family. They have the blessing that God pronounced upon Abraham. It was not, it's not just limited to, uh, to Israel. It's not just limited to Israel. Now, Israel will go back and say, our, our, our ancestors, uh, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, they'll go all the way back to the to their Gentile beginning. But see, the blessing included everyone. Everyone that believe and believe enough to follow. He that believeth and is. So it, where is action? The 17th verse says, Arise, walk through the land and 
in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. I got something I'm going to give unto you. I'm going to give it to you. Now, remember the word now. Remember the word now. Uh, that present, this present moment. This, this present. And, and so uh, right now, so arise. Not tomorrow, but in that moment, he was told to arise and to walk around the land. You know, we have been uh, cornerstone. We're looking to to move into a, a new uh, building. And, and so it requires more than just saying, "We, Lord, we want a new building. Lord, we want to. You know, it requires something because there are we live in a land where there are requirements. But one of those requirements is, is believing God. One of those requirements is going to look. What are you saying, Pastor? Whatever the desire of your heart is, you need to look at it. You need to look at the very thing that you ask God about. Or if he has shown you a vision, let's stick with how God has dealt with you. If the Lord has spoken anything to you regarding your existence and what he wants to do for you, then you need to get up. Don't just sit there. It's time to get up. It's time to walk around. Matter of fact, you should walk around as if the Bible said he called those things that are not as though they were. He called those things that are not as though they were. And because Abram is experiencing that, he calls those, he calls them. And so God is telling him, I'm going to, so you're going to walk the, the land that I'm talking to you about. And you're going to look at it. You're going to look at it. I want you to walk the length of it. I want you to walk the breadth of it. I want you to walk around all of it and check it out. So the very thing that God may speak to you about, you need to check it out. You need to look at it. You need to talk about it. You need to accept that it has happened already. Now, the difference is that is that it has not manifested in your eyes. But for God, he's seen it. He's seen it already. The Lord spoke and said, as it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things that are not as though they were. Abram didn't receive immediately what God was, and we're kind of ahead of ourselves. I don't want to go ahead of ourselves, but so I'm going to digress from that. But he told him to walk through the land in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give unto thee. So there are some things that you need to go and look at. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's it's a, a elevation from where you are in your employment. You need to start looking at it. What's the requirements of it? You need to start examining all the 
all the benefits of it. You need to know it inside and out. You need to check it out. And, and you need to claim it within yourself. Start calling yourself that very thing that you desire. It may be that I want new transportation. Now, sometime that new transportation, it may not be uh, because you because the old one is breaking down and there's nothing wrong with that. You Sometimes you need to reward yourself. Sometimes you need to reward yourself. You may be working hard and doing all everything. You're taking care of business at home. The bills is paid and stuff. And you want to reward yourself. That's fine. That's good. But go look at it. And don't jump. Just go look. Go look at what you desire. It may be a companionship. Start thinking about what you desire, what you will want. Uh, because certainly uh, uh, the word of God says, he that findeth a wife, which means that she is already prepared. She's already motivated as a, as a wife. She's already have the characteristics of a wife, of a good woman, you know, that is going to work with you and not against you. You have to look for those things. So the very thing that Abram, Abram, you're going to get this land, walk around it. Check it out. Check it out. Imagine occupying it. You have to see it in your mind. Imagine you and your kids inheriting all of this is what God was telling him to do. Uh, and so that imagine occupying it. I've dreamed about it. You, you're going to dream about it. You're going to imagine it. Uh, it. It's been written about. It's been sung about. It's been talked about. Even when it seems like a struggle. Abram didn't go without struggles. We read about one of the struggles that he had where he feared the Egyptians. And he told Sarah, his wife, said, tell them that you're my sister. And he they followed that, that plan of action. It seemed very simple, but it also got them a, a, a rebuke by Pharaoh. Pharaoh's house was afflicted. And if Pharaoh's house was blessed because he returned, Sarah said, man, why didn't you tell me this is your wife? And he gave him riches, gave him cattle and everything and sent him on his way. Well, the Bible says that I will bless them that bless you and curse those that curse you. And at that moment, Pharaoh was blessing, uh, the Egyptians was blessing Abram, which means they would have also received a blessing for obedience and blessing God's servant. God is occupying it. He's occupying the thought. He's occupying, he's looking at what you're seeing and what you desire. Don't be persuaded. Don't feel that because it's, it's a climb. Don't feel that because there, it, there have been some challenges. Don't feel that because things didn't appear overnight that it's not going to happen. Don't think that way. I'm here to tell you. I, I'm here to let you know that there are times that that it may seem what it seemed like, but God is working on your behalf through all of it. What is God working out in you while you're waiting to occupy that thing? God sent you dreams. He sent you images of it. Even seeing the challenges that would make you wiser that will make you stronger, that will make you 
more appreciative. The Bible tells us in Romans, the fourth chapter, mm, time is, is getting away here. The fourth chapter, 18 verse said, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, which mean that Sarah would have been in her nineties, neither uh, yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that he, that he, he had promised, he had promised, he promised it and that he's able to perform it. God is able to perform it. It doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter what it looked like. God is able. As long as we keep our faith in his ability, not our own, not our own, but his ability. The Bible said, then Abraham removed. Then Abram, he took action. Abram took action. He removed his tent and came and dwelt in the land of Mamre, in, uh, which is in Hebron, and built an altar unto the Lord. He, and so his hope, his faith. We fast and we pray because we have hope. We want to, well, you know, there's a, a testimony we want to give, but we'll wait and, and let it be done on Sunday morning. But, but God is moving and he's doing things because he sees the desire, not only of our heart, but he sees your desire. He sees the desire of your heart. Whatever promise that God has made to you, whatever word that has been given to you, you're going to want to write it down. Keep a record of it. I have some things that I've written down that, that the Lord has spoken to me, and they've not manifested yet. But I know it's of God. There are some instructional things that God has spoken, and I've written them down. To, and I read over them and I think about them. You, you should do the same. The Bible said, write the vision, make it plain that he that, that readeth may run. So see, when you read the vision, there's some action that is supposed to take place. There's some movement. Abram moved his tent. He got up and he did what God wanted him to do. Let's do what God wants us to do as he has promised unto us. Bless your holy name. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for this short exhortation. We thank you for your word. Thank you for keeping us, Lord God, throughout this day. Lord God, we just bless you, Lord, for those that have tuned in and those that will be listening later. Lord God, we thank you for your kindness, Lord God, as we look to you. You're, you're a promise keeper. Lord God, and we heard this, but we know it from our own experience. Lord Jesus, prepare our hearts, Lord God, as we move, as we are looking to obtain those things that you have called into existence for us. Lord God, as we move, Lord God, and, and testify 
and tell of your goodness. Lord God, we're going to walk the land. We're going to walk the length of it. We're going to walk in the breadth of it because we know that you're able to, to provide those things. Lord, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, now uh, continue to watch over and, and keep your people, keep them covered with your blood, Lord, as they go uh, to their designated places, whether they're just waking up, Lord God, in the middle of their day or ending their day. I pray for their peace, Lord God, and, and rest with assurance in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And this one last thing, the Lord said that that his his that his children would be as the the dust. And, and he said that seed is gonna inherit it forever. Well, Jesus talked about that. And I, I'll leave you with this. He said, the meek shall inherit the earth. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you in Jesus name. Be blessed.